the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In recent weeks, as we've come into winter, I've often had the chance to see the sun rising, just as we're preparing to head out for the day. Perhaps some of you also wake regularly at dawn, maybe others only occasionally. But I don't think our experience of seeing the sun rise can compare with the experience of the man born blind, who from birth had never seen the dawn, and before he even had the chance to see the sunrise with his own eyes, as it says in Malachi 4.2, saw the sun of righteousness rise with healing in his wings and went out leaping like a calf from the stall. So today we reflect on the remarkable story of this man born blind and examine the question of what it means to be blind and to truly see through his story, the reaction of the religious authorities, especially the Pharisees, and the story of Paul and Silas related in the epistle reading. The story of the man born blind comes between two encounters of Jesus with the Pharisees. This entire section of the Gospel of John takes place when Jesus goes to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. At this time, the Jews, that is the religious authorities, are looking for a way to kill him for healing the paralytic man on the Sabbath and claiming equality with God. In chapter 8 of the Gospel of John, Jesus says that he is the light of the world that all who follow him will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. Since the religious authorities clearly want him dead and claim to be the true defenders of God's law by claiming Abraham as their father, Jesus tells them clearly that if they were truly the children of Abraham, then they would believe what he says. But by their actions, since they want to kill him, they show themselves to be sons of the devil. Moreover, the Jews claim that Jesus has a demon after he says that those who believe in him will never see death. And they go on to say that since Abraham and all the prophets died, Jesus is claiming to be greater than Abraham. To this, Jesus makes his well-known response, before Abraham was, I am, at which point he escapes as they pick up stones to stone him. So we see that St. John is showing us the blindness of the religious authorities who, because of their own self-righteousness and pride, are unable to recognise the giver of the law, which they claim to be following, even when he is standing right in front of them, and they actually revile him, revealing their diabolical state. Applying this to ourselves, we may be tempted to point to those outside the church that we think are in this state. But it's this same self-righteous and proud spirit that blinded the Pharisees that is most dangerous to us who are actually inside the church. On Sunday, one, one Sunday, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom gave a sermon as follows. Last night, a woman with child came to this church. She was in trousers and with no headscarf. Someone scolded her. She left. I do not know who did that, but I'm commanding that person to pray for her and her child the end of his days to God for their salvation. Because of you, she may never go to church again. He turned around, head down, and entered the altar. That was the entire sermon. As Metropolitan Anthony strongly rebuked the unknown parishioner, Jesus also rebuked the Pharisees in the harshest terms to try to bring them to repentance. Let's guard ourselves against this terrible form of blindness in case we also end up on the end of Christ's rebuke. It is directly after Jesus leaves the Pharisees that he sees the man born blind and the disciples ask, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? 
Jesus then corrects them, revealing yet another kind of blindness. It was common at that time to believe that suffering and misfortune came upon a person because of their own sin or the sin of their parents. The book of Job shows this clearly through Job's dialogues with his supposed friends, who were continuously asking him what sin he committed that he should end up destitute and with a terrible disease sitting on a dung heap. As is shown in the book of Job, and as Jesus explains here, suffering is not necessarily the result of our own sins. Rather, God has given man the freedom to follow him and bring life into his creation, or to turn away from him and bring chaos and death. In this disordered world, God allows suffering as the cost of our freedom, but he is also able to take that suffering and turn it to our good. So we see here that wrong ideas about God are another form of blindness that prevent us from seeing the world and other people as they really are in God's eyes. As it happened, man born blind had certainly suffered, having to beg for a living and being subjected to injustice of those who would take advantage of him and his blindness. But from the Gospel reading we get no sense that this suffering has resulted in bitterness or resentment towards God or to the people around him. On the contrary, his long suffering has resulted in humility, such that when Jesus healed him, before he had even seen Jesus with his own eyes, he was able to correctly discern that Jesus was a prophet and a righteous man, and that the Pharisees, those who were supposed to be the teachers of the law, were in fact incapable of recognising someone who came from God. When he did meet Jesus in the temple, he immediately accepted Jesus' own statement that he was the Messiah and worshipped him. In all this he showed that not only were his physical eyes healed, but his spiritual eyes were now opened, and that, as Jesus had said, that the light of life had entered his soul. Incidentally, he also shows that humility is not opposed to boldness, as the man born blind was thrown out of the synagogue for his fearless defence of Christ. At the beginning of the story, however, the disciples' mistaken views about the nature of suffering in God stopped them from seeing in this man the fearless witness for Jesus that he actually would turn out to be. For us, it should be clear that we don't know Christ as well as we should, and that we almost certainly have distorted views about God. But like the disciples, we have these patterns of thought and behaviour that often go unchallenged. But God in his love wants us to come into ever closer communion with him and uses many means to correct our vision, including the experience of suffering, either our own or those who are close to us. So we should always be open to God to help us change our perception of things and see him more clearly in everything and in all the circumstances that we come across in life. Turning now to the epistle reading, we heard the story of the slave girl with the spirit of divination in Philippi, who was following Paul and Silas around for a number of days and crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now, this was clearly true, but Paul knew that it was the demon saying it through the girl and that she herself was a slave, not only of those making money from her divination, but also to the spirit of divination itself. However, amongst the pagans, it was considered a blessing to be an oracle and have this connection with the gods. So when Paul casts out the demon, he deprives the owners of income because they were getting money from her divination, but also he offended the local religious beliefs who, you know, everyone believed that this was a blessing 
to this girl. So this slavery to hostile spiritual powers through ignorance of God is another form of blindness. It was broken rather dramatically in this case as Paul and Silas were singing hymns in prison at midnight when an earthquake occurred and the bonds of all the prisoners were released. Against all expectations of a jailer, Paul and Silas didn't run away but remained in the prison, preaching and converting the jailer and his family, thus healing their spiritual blindness when they humbled themselves before Christ. It may seem that blindness of this sort is something that belongs only in the past because of the very obvious demonic possession of the girl and so on. But in some places where Christianity is not yet well established, these things are still common occurrences. Moreover, it's not necessary to be possessed by a demon in order to be influenced by one. And monastic literature has many stories of monks who follow demons, believing them to be angels. In some cases, this led the monk to doing something that resulted in serious injury or death, like jumping into a well at the angel's command. And in other cases of doing ascetic feats well beyond their natural ability, like prostrations and fasting, um, that kind of thing, that they, they were not given any uh, blessing to do, but did on their own, of their own will, uh, and was you know, extreme. So in all these cases, the demons are actually leading that monk to a state of pride, where they believe in their own ability to know what's right for their own salvation and to kind of walk their own path. But we know already that the path of that pride that, that that is, is the most kind of diabolical state of blindness. But it's not only monastics who can suffer from such delusion and blindness. It can happen to anyone who doesn't have a regular connection with the church, submit themselves to a moderate rule of prayer and fasting, and check in periodically with someone who's spiritually more experienced than they are, like their parish priest in confession, for example, to make sure that they aren't straying from the, the right path and into some dangerous path. Over the past 2,000 years, the church has developed the liturgical cycle of services, along with the royal road of moderation in all things, prayer and fasting and everything else that we do, and accountability to one another in community as the safest path to salvation. This path gradually opens our spiritual eyes to see God ever more clearly, while keeping us clear of the influence of the demons and developing in us the humility that will guard our hearts from pride and self-righteousness. If we also follow this path, like the man born blind, we will see Christ, be filled with light with the light of life, and worship him forevermore. Set up a